writer uh, Gretel Ehrlich makes her living riding on horseback to herd sheep on the hard scramble landscape of eastern Wyoming. And musing on her days in the saddle she pines to herd sheep is to discover a new human gear somewhere between second and reverse, a slow, steady trot of keenness with no speed. And to me, this describes the quality of life in 2019 here at Trinity. And do not mistake this for boring or lackluster or unenthusiastic. We had plenty of activity, but things settled into place with a minimum of drama or panic. And we went forward at that slow, even pace that Ehrlich describes, which allowed us to accomplish more with less energy. And we went forward together with a deep and abiding trust that can only be had by living in community. And let me offer the first of several thank yous. I am grateful for the level of trust that you have shown in me, and I will strive to continue to honor that responsibility. And together in 2019, as rector and as congregation, we found our equilibrium. And as you well know, equilibrium is not static. It's found in constant adjust adjustment. And adaptability and com uh, composure are equilibrium's bywords. I want to change modes of transportation from riding a horse to riding a bicycle. When you ride a bike, you make constant shifts in your body weight and speed in order to stay upright and pointed in the right direction. And at first, anybody who's learned to ride a bike remembers that finding your equilibrium was hard. I can't tell you the number of times I fell off a bicycle when I was learning to ride it. But as time goes along, you do that, those adjustments instinctually. And as a congregation, we found both our balance and our composure in 2019. Now let me point to four examples. At the beginning of the year, that's last year, we uh, participated in uh, a series of studies for the Internal Revenue Service building across Madison Avenue, the flat top that's been there. As you may know, after closing the facility early this year, the federal government is transferring control of that 23-acre site to the city of Covington. And in 2019, Trinity, along with several other community members, participated, as I said, in some events to evaluate future uses for the site, including hosting a design review for the building here at Trinity. And we made a strong case to the city that the redevelopment should include affordable housing for both low-income families and for senior citizens. And once again, this demonstrates that Covington and Northern Kentucky regard Trinity as a unique and vital community partner. As we find in many other cases in civic events and conversations, Trinity is the only congregation participating in events like that. We also impacted the community through two of our long-standing events. First is the Reverend Sea, undertaken by the Episcopal Church Women, or ECW, held the first Saturday in March. Last year, it drew its biggest crowd and produced the most money. It has a regional reputation and about this time of year, the phone lines start heating up in the parish office because people are calling and saying, is the rummage sale here yet? Have I missed it? So we get lots of calls about the rummage sale. And as we look to this year's event on Saturday, March the 7th, please plan on attending the preview party on the evening of March the 6th to get an early jump on the best deals 
and you'll be asking for a modest $5 donation at the door to participate in that pre-sale. Second is the other event that the Episcopal Church women undertake every year, Sprouts and Stouts. And again, it has a long and storied history. Started by an enterprising group of women for years, the event sold plants on Mother's Day weekend right here in this corner parking lot. And they made various additions over time. They invited local craft artists to come sell their wares. Trinity volunteers cooked and served lunch. The ECW added a tent several years ago, maybe six, five or six years ago, to shade shoppers from the sun or the rain. And a couple of years ago, a new generation of enterprising women expanded the event and renamed it Sprouts and Stouts to reflect its expanded mission. This combined the plant sale, Sprouts, and the music festival, Stouts, and features an array of musical acts and, of course, beer over two days and evenings while preserving all the customary elements of food and crafts. As I have noted previously, it also serves as an evangelism tool for Trinity. But most importantly, it is the ECW's gift to the Greater Covington and Northern Kentucky community. Unlike some of the other festivals that go on during the summer, you all know, we don't charge admission. We don't charge any admission to come to Sprouts and Stouts. So people can come and listen to the music for free, as well as eat, drink, and shop if they choose. At the close of the festival, any proceeds that are made are donated back to the community, so no money makes it into the coffers of Trinity or into the uh, coffers of the ECW. And let me thank the ECW for all their hard work and willingness to consider enhancements to their programs. Last, I want to talk about two intertwined events that reflect our ability to adapt. First is the ever-famous Domain Main Weekend, which for over 50 years has taken place every Labor Day weekend at the Cathedral Domain, our camp and conference center in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. In 2019, we saw close to 180 people gather for fun and fellowship. That's not our peak, but that's way up near the top of it. Like Sprouts and Stouts, the years have brought some additions to um, Domain Weekends such as yoga and lay-led morning prayer and conference. The weekend serves Again, is one of the most important ways that we knit guests and newcomers into the fabric of this parish, with opportunities for shared activities such as hiking, as well as casual conversation on cabin porches and over meals. You all know that, you've experienced that. For several years, this was followed by the Red Door Rally a couple of Sundays later. And this is our back to school or church event that previews the coming year and allows people to sign up for new programs and activities or renew their commitments to ex uh, their existing <coughs> commitments. And it used to coincide with the start of the school year in the old days, when school started after Labor Day. But as you know, school systems have shifted, so now they start in August, and so Sprouts and Stout, I mean, um, Red Door Rally got a little rude, so it didn't really, it wasn't in the right place. So again, demonstrating its flexibility, the Nurture Committee moved the Red Door Rally to the weekend before Domain Weekend, so now it's solidly close to the start of the school year. It also took advantage of this move to revamp Red Door Rally's structure and make it more interactive. And I'm sure this year's event will also include further refinements. And let me thank the many, many people who make Domain Weekend magically happen every year, and the Nurture Committee for their efforts and adaptability as well. And I want to turn our attention to the future, but in order to do so, we need to look at two initiatives 
that we undertook in 2019 that will impact this year. First, in 2019, we undertook a study for a possible capital campaign, and the study committee worked diligently to listen to your hopes, dreams, and concerns. In the end, it recommended to the vestry that Trinity undertake a campaign, and the vestry agreed. Andy Tillman, who is here somewhere, she's here somewhere, there she is, hi Andy. She is our wonderful consultant, and she made several visits here, both during the study phase and here at the capital campaign itself. So just yesterday, she trained over 20 people to serve as askers, people who will contact you as you consider your gift to the capital campaign. These people, along with many others, are part of work ensuring the campaign will succeed. And the campaign goes live on March the 22nd. It's a very exciting time for Trinity. The congregation has not undertaken a capital campaign since the 1990s. And since that time, the hopes, wishes, and dreams of Trinity have broadened. As you will see in the capital campaign, we wish to preserve this building which embodies Trinity for so many people. In addition, people want to share our guests, including the institution of Trinity, with the broader community. The theme of the campaign is bringing our blessings to the community. I think it's very apt. The second initiative also focuses on Covington and the Northern Kentucky community. Also in 2019, with the vestry's approval, we applied for a Lilly Foundation, to the Lilly Foundation for a sabbatical grant. And to undertake this, I put together a sabbatical committee who studied the application process and discussed the goals for the sabbatical. Together then, the committee and I designed a plan that involved both me as the rector and you as the congregation in undertaking two mutually complementary programs. And the theme of the sabbatical is civic ministry, how we enhance our engagement in Covington and the Northern Kentucky region by working with government, the government, with nonprofits and businesses to effect positive change. It sounds very grandiose, but it's pretty practical. We demonstrated this when we participated in the IRS discussions for that site across the street. The Lilly Foundation awarded us a grant of $49,000 $15,000 of it goes to con cover congregational expenses, and the $34,000 will cover the cost of my study and renewal activities. The sabbatical begins at the end of this coming October and concludes at the end of January in 2021. I am happy to share the sabbatical proposal with any of you who wish to see it. But this leads to a question. How will Trinity undertake a sabbatical during which I will be gone at a time when we have neither an assistant nor a deacon. Just me, and I'm not very big. So I have two responses. First, the sabbatical begins in seven months, during which time we could call a new assistant. I'll talk more about that in a minute. Second, congregations of all sorts have had their pastors take a sabbatical. And the majority of these pastors serve alone, not having any assisting clergy of any kind. It means you, the laity, will be asked to uh, be more involved in parish life. And more specifically here at Trinity, our senior warden, Nancy Grayson, has been in a parish that went through a sabbatical when the rector did not have an assistant. So we have some experience in the room. The wardens, Vestry, and I are putting plans in place now to address this possibility. But we are also taking steps to address our current staffing needs. 
I have to first thank Justin and Joe for their years of service here at Trinity because each was truly an invaluable support, I know, to you all as the parish and equally a trusted colleague and advisor to me as the rector, and I miss them both greatly. Let me speak for myself again. I am experiencing a gut punch because these two departures happened so close together. And you might be experiencing it as well. But we have an opportunity to do a couple of things. First, the changes we experience now um, and facing the future do not have to disrupt our equilibrium. The thing I talked about at the beginning, we can still be no drama, no panic, continue our life together uh, going forward because we're gonna have to adapt. But these changes also open up new vistas and allow us to ask new questions. More practically, we have developed a staffing plan to meet our current needs. Father Chris Lane is here assisting at worship in, and he'll be doing that in February and March. He'll be with you on Sunday mornings, uh, the first, the 8th and the 15th of March while I'm on vacation and he's covering many of the Wednesday evening services. So thank you, Chris, for your willingness to help serve here. I also added six hours to uh, Shannon Gilmeinhardt's salary to allow her to oversee the Episcopal Youth Committee, the EYC, both to provide programming and to work with parent volunteers to ensure that our youth in grades seven to 12 continue to grow in their faith. The EYC is also another very important evangelism tool and we need to ensure it continues to flourish. And my goal is to call the part-time EYC director with that same six hours I gave Shannon, have a separate person serve as that director so Shannon can return to her primary focus as our family uh, ministries coordinator. So, so there's a six-hour EYC director. I have uh, also called Susan Blom as Trinity's lay pastoral associate. She, will, she is serving 15 hours a week. Susan is a trained hospital chaplain and crisis counselor as well as a member of the leadership team for Stephen Ministry. She will coordinate the congregation's pastoral care ministries to ensure that people receive care tailored to their needs. We have eight different pastoral care opportunities, and so we can mix and match as people need things, adding services, taking them away, using them temporarily. So Susan will be tailoring menus for people who are needing care. She will also be the person primarily responsible for direct pastoral care and will staff the after-hours emergency pastoral care line. I will assist her with the sacramental duties of visiting, um, such as anointing the sick and the dying. I am also always happy to visit people in the hospitals, in nursing homes, and at home. Please let me know if you or a loved one would like a visit. I enjoy doing that, I love doing it, but the uh, other duties and responsibilities at this present moment are gripping my time a little bit. Even as we put these pieces in place, I am still searching for a second priest. Once that person arrives, our EYC director and our lay pastoral care, lay pastoral associate positions would cease because those responsibilities would be folded back into the assistant's job description. So that's clear. We're not, we're adding staff temporarily in a different configuration. Once our second priest arrives, those two positions, the EYC director, the lay pastor associate, will go away. So we'll be back to the same staffing levels and the same amount of funds that we are expending. Okay? 
Now, we all pray that the second priest arrives, nobody more than I, but we have to have patience. The Episcopal Church faces a clergy shortage. Positions in many parishes remain unfilled, so Trinity is not alone. I am following some leads and new candidates to continue to emerge. So just as the Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways, I have two preliminary conversations with candidates this week. So I'll be talking to two people. And as I said, new candidates continue to emerge. And I need to thank the bishop and his staff for their encouragement and help in finding priests who might be interested in serving at Trinity. So we're not doing this alone. We've got the diocese behind us. Let me conclude by observing, as I do every year during the annual meeting, that I begin another year here at Trinity on March the 1st, so next Sunday. In 2020, I, I'm proud to announce I start my ninth year. But measured against the history of Trinity, my time here is a drop in the bucket. Our new banners on, 4th Street, on the 4th Street side proclaim, love God, love neighbor, change the world. And we are doing that on our patch of God's ground here at the corner of 4th and Madison, as we have been doing for over 177 years. So my prayer for all of, uh, I pray for all of you, and I pray that God may continue to bless our endeavors for another 177 years. Amen. <laughs>